taking it all the way down. I am taking it all the way down. And she is taking it all the way down. And this is taking it all the way down. Taking it all the way down. I am taking it all the way down. And she is taking it all the way down. And this is taking it all the way down. Hi. Welcome back. And this is Breaking It All the Way Down with Dante Picante and... Janene. So, we missed you all so much. And I know you missed us because we're amazing and we're really fucking funny. And we know that you live for everything that we review. So, today we're going to do things a little bit differently because we have seen both of the items that we're reviewing today. So, we're going to break it all, all the way down from different perspectives mm-hmm. um do you want to do the tv show first or do you want to do the movie i think we should do the movie first okay let's do that so the movie that we're going to talk about is the unforgivable it is on the netflix the flicks of the net mm-hmm. the little red n or the big red n i don't really know but i gave it a seven out of ten what did you give it i almost give it like an eight you were nice and a half, eight. you were so nice my girl Sandy's in it though. I so, liked it. Uh so we'll just say Sandra Bullock is in it and she doesn't disappoint. I'll say that. I absolutely like always. Like period. So the show or the, the movie. movie is about Ruth Slater. She is a woman who kills a cop and mm-hmm. ultimately or and on untimely circumstances surrounding that her dad kills himself and the cops come to the house to evict her and she ends up killing the cop well that's essentially the narrative that they're going to portray to you in the movie but it starts out with her getting released from prison after doing 20 years and she gets to a halfway house and (laughs) i was really confused in the very beginning i was too because her sponsor supervisor whatever was transgender and I was like, oh cute, okay, I love a, a little cute LGBTQIA representation moment, and I thought that that was really forward thinking. Then she gets into her little room situation, and her roommate is a junkie, mm-hmm. and the bitch is small ass room. Like, oh, it was the dirtiest, nastiest room. <laughs> it really actually represented or looked like she was still in prison. That's how small and dirty and disgusting it was. But yeah, her roommate was a junkie led like literally shot up as she was next to her so she goes to so when i'm saying she ruth she gets a job in carpentry but she gets turned down she like has an interview but Mm -hmm. she gets turned down and it was basically because she had a record i mean i get it and the halfway person like her parole officer he's like i told you i tried to get you to understand that it's not as easy as you think it's going to be now Mm -hmm. that you're a felon and you just got out of jail so he ends up getting her a job at this i don't know it was like a fish like right butchering yeah i don't know the place where you go fucking cut up fish (laughs) those sea animals it was nasty it was something that i probably couldn't do but then again if I was a felon, I don't think that I'd have as many options. So I get that. And absolutely not. I just couldn't because it just smelt like fish. I assumed that she would smell like fish all day. And yeah, 
coming home like that. I just can't even think about cutting a fish's head off. So anyway, she gets the job at the fish butchering company, but then she ends up getting a second job in carpentry, but she does it like kind of under the table. Like she's being paid under the table. The person that she was talking to, it was like a hand shaky ass Mm -hmm. type of job situation. And, uh, yeah, yeah, she that, just gets the job done. She's like a badass, like carpent carpenter. Yeah, like that. Maybe that was like her forte when she was in prison or before she went to prison and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But she has like this little love interest at the fish butchering company, and they end up going to I want to say like breakfast because she worked a night shift. Yeah, and they end up going to the to get coffee mm-hmm. and when she does that she confesses to him about how she was in prison for 20 years and she killed a cop and that's kind of where things end he was not with the funky two-step he didn't want anything to do with her and mm-hmm. he was a little bitch about it too yeah because i was really upset because i was like wow like honestly she was really playing hard to get yeah like the whole she wasn't time. interested he wasn't at all and then like she finally like, gave in to him was like okay yeah we can go have coffee and then she like opens up to him yep. and then he's like boom like shuts down completely after she opens up to him tells him everything that she's done and that's my issue with men because you know women are always super vulnerable with you stupid asses and as soon as we're vulnerable or as soon as women are vulnerable with you all you guys cut them off so quickly Mm -hmm. even like thinking about it like about cheating i know i talked about it the last episode and probably previous episodes but when a man cheats a woman is expected to forgive them Mm -hmm. but if a woman cheats on a man oh you want absolutely nothing to do with her she's the dirtiest piece of shit in the world drag her through the mud literally so i was really upset that her little love interest stopped talking to her and actually became even more of like a bitch because he let's just uh, assume because in the movie the next day after she confesses to him all of her fish butchering co-workers find out that she's a felon as well because she killed a cop Mm -hmm. and so she actually gets beat up by this butch ass girl (laughs) hella beat up like beat the fuck up yeah so she gets beat up and um, the person that beats her up was like, my father is a cop and I can't believe that you, you killed a cop and blah, blah, blah. And I right. just hate that type of person too. That's like, oh, I'm going to whoop your ass because my brother was a cop or my sister was a cop. And what does that have to do with you, you. though? Like, I, that's where I'm not clear, Miss Thing. But, um... Yeah, that's what happens in that specific situation. Mm-hmm. And this... So the thing that makes me really mad about her little love interest as well is later on into the movie, he also admits that he was a convict. And I was like, so... Why can't you tell her that shit at the table? Right. Like, what was your whole point of cutting her off when you're going to admit later on down the road that you're a convict yourself? So also in the movie... There is, a, uh, I guess, a point where Ruth is trying to get in contact with her little sister. Mm-hmm. Her little sister's name is Catherine, and she gets taken away after Ruth goes to jail for 20 years. So, a little bit of background on Catherine. She ends up getting adopted by another family, mm-hmm. and they also have a daughter. And I really liked this moment where Catherine was playing the piano at her adopted parents' house and she's playing 
um, no, scrub. no scrubs. That shit slapped. Like, it really it, did. It was good. I was like, okay, bitch, I see you. You're not playing like a Taylor Swift moment or a Casey Musgraves. You're down for the culture. I absolutely go. I love it. So back to Ruth, though. So Ruth goes back to the house because she's trying to kind of get closure, but also trying to get her life back. So she goes back to the house where the whole murder happened, where she allegedly killed the cop. Mm -hmm. And then she finds out that they have new owners and the home, like the owner of the house is a lawyer and Ruth and the lawyer, she, she explains her whole situation to him. And he's like, I will do your whole case of trying to get in contact with your sister Sister. pro bono. And she was really thankful for that. So, Mm Fast forward to like the middle or close to the middle of the movie. Ruth and her lawyer, they meet with Catherine's parents. Parents. Their name is like Michael and Rachel or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Ruth loses her shit. Yeah, she she sure does. absolutely loses her shit. As she should. And it was really because she was trying to get a better understanding like, have you guys been getting my letters? Have you mm-hmm. been like giving them to Catherine? Does she know who I am? Does she remember who I am? And they basically played it off like, no, no. she has no idea who you are. We really blocked those memories out of her brain, which I thought was really creepy because I'm like, okay, you're controlling her. Yeah, I'm like, that's her only blood relative. I and mean- you just don't want her to have any type of contact. So Ruth loses it. Home girl mm-hmm. loses it. She calls them everything under the sun. And she really goes for, like, the mom. Yeah. She really goes for her. And I think it's because she wasn't saying anything. Mm-hmm. She really didn't want to interact with Ruth. And it was probably because she didn't even want to go to the meeting the interview meeting whatever you want to call it and i thought that that was really kind of sad it was very sad honestly Uh, and i think the reason why like um it was sad is because i i just felt bad like i i saw this perspective or this point of view of someone that got released from prison and was trying to do all the right things good to get her life back on track and all these obstacles were coming up in front of her or in front of that person to mm-hmm. to make her not succeed exactly so back to Catherine so she has a sister adopted sister whatever you want to call her her name is Hannah and she actually ends up finding the letters and reading them right and that, she, yeah she later on ends up meeting up with Ruth yep that's what happens and they live back memories and i thought that that was like a really cute situation because they kind of got to exchange stories and ruth got to understand what happened in those 20 years while she was in prison Mm -hmm. and eventually they part ways and one of the cops so let's just say back to the whole situation so ruth kills a A cop. cop well the cop had children and one of the children is following ruth and he sees that she's talking to this chick hannah who Mm -hmm. is the adopted sister but he thinks in his mind that's Catherine. yeah he thinks that's her actual sister yeah so he's like okay well bitch what i'm gonna do is do an eye for an eye situation since you killed my dad i'm going to kill your sister so he really just like plots and thinks of how to essentially snatch up quote-unquote Catherine, who's really Hannah, and 
he his name is Steve, by the way. Yeah. So he <laughs> follows her, but then he as he's on his way home. It's just a messy Mess, ass situation. Messy as hell. It's just such Listen. a messy ass situation. So as he's going back home, he walks in on his girlfriend, baby mama, wife, whatever, whatever. the fuck she was, and she's sleeping with his brother, Keith. And he he loses it. He really loses it. He ends up whooping his brother's ass, but then he ends up going to his I guess his mom's house. Yeah. And stealing like their gun, like their family gun. And he That's kind of like what pushes him over the edge. Right. Because initially in the very beginning, like he wasn't fully on board. Like he was like, No, I don't know if I could do anything. Maybe she's just trying to live her life. But just because of all these, I guess, circumstances that happen, like his life was falling apart. He doesn't have a dad. He doesn't have a girlfriend, baby mama, whatever, because his brother was sleeping with her. He was like, you know what? I have to do something. And that something was snatch up little Hannah. And he absolutely does that. He ends up holding her hostage in like a construction building, Mm -hmm. but he ends up letting her go. And, but let me back forward, back, back pedal. So, What happens is he ends up holding her hostage, but what happened is Ruth found out that Catherine was going to do a concert. Like, she was going to play this piano, and she was going to do a concert, and it was going to be very lovely. I'm pretty sure it wasn't going to be no scrubs that she was playing, but that's neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. And she's on her way to do the cons or she wanted to she was trying to decide like should I go should I not go because I'm on parole and I know that I don't really have these rights to see my sister right so she goes back to the original home where her lawyer is and his wife is there and she's like get the fuck out of this house get away from me I know who you are I know what you did you're nothing but a piece of shit you need to leave and Ruth breaks down and like confesses everything and she just realized she tells her like how hard her life has been mm-hmm. and this is where you actually find out that Ruth was not the person that killed the cop it was her little sister it was little Catherine and this is where it really starts to pull in your heartstrings again because the whole situation that happened is their house was going to be taken away like they were going to be evicted because um their father. Right. Their father had passed away. He had killed himself. And it was really just Ruth and Catherine taking care of themselves. But they weren't in the best of situation. And they weren't taking care of the payments. They also weren't taking care of each other. It was a really dangerous situation. And as a five-year-old child that Catherine was, she saw that her sister was trying to protect the house. And Catherine, I would assume as a five-year-old, was trying to protect the house as well. or mm-hmm. try That's to, all they know. Right. Just protect, protect, protect. So when the cop tried to break into the house to get them out of the house, Catherine shot the cop. Mm-hmm. So Catherine and Ruth, they escape. They go to a little diner, and they're eating breakfast, and that's where they believe, or that's where Ruth essentially gives up, and she says that she did it. She took the fall for Catherine because... Yeah. Again, you're five-year-old, ch- right? You're a five-year-old and, sister, and you don't want your five-year-old sister to go to jail for the rest of her life, be in juvenile detention, and then grow up in the prison system. But then, I mean, either way, in my thought, you would have gotten in trouble because you allowed a five-year-old to hold a gun and kill someone, or 
you put your child in or you put this person that you were responsible for any way that you slice it and dice it in danger. So I I understand why Ruth took the fall for Catherine killing the cop, but you don't really understand that until she starts to confess that whole situation. So back to my main point. So as Ruth is explaining the situation to the lawyer that she had's wife, they decide to go to the benefit concert together. But then she gets a phone call from the cop's son, Keith, and he's like, I have your sister. And if you don't come to this location right now, I'm going to kill her. So she doesn't go to the concert because she's like, you actually don't have my sister. You have Hannah. Yeah. Yeah, you have Hannah. So she goes to the specific location and she really talks him off the ledge. And Keith ends up letting her and Hannah go. And I think that that's really the end of it. Right? Yeah, it ends like that. Like, please, SWAT team, everybody, ambulance comes. They go and, get him. Yeah, yeah, they get him. They're taking care of Hannah because she was held hostage. Yep. Um, and then as like she's getting like care and taken care of, like obviously Kate or Catherine, Ruth's sister, is there. Like, because parents are there and everything. And then that's when she kind of like gets to see her sister and that's just how it ends it's like yeah. you see them like seeing each other and i'm pretty sure they like hug or something because like if you think about it that's her first time seeing her sister yeah. since she was five and right here she is like a freaking grown-ass she teenager. was grown grown yeah so that's kind of how it ends yeah i mean i i think i liked it and i liked it because of that whole little twist like seeing that like it was a little sister that killed the guy i'm like wow that's a real ass sister to take the fall for her you know, just so that she grew up with a better life and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, like, yeah. I think that, you know, I liked it, too. And the thing that I really liked is that it really changed my perspective, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of the time when we, as people, understand that someone got their children taken away any way that you slice and dice it, if it's just your sister that you were taken care of or mm-hmm. it was your actual child that gotten taken taken away, you think the ultimate worst, right? Like you're like, you are nothing. You did everything wrong to get this person taken away. You did yeah. you killed someone and that's why you got your children taken no away. Way. Or you did you did drugs and this is the reason why you got your children taken away. But I think what doesn't happen all the time is that we don't think about the specific situations or environment that you're put into or those people are put into that really also contribute to why their children got taken away. She was very young and she was taking care of a five-year-old and her dad had just killed himself. So she was put into this specific situation where she didn't have anyone that was a quote-unquote adult to take care of her and her sister. And she tried to do the very best that she could until that specific time where she couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And so it really made me feel bad for, I guess, judging people without not necessarily knowing the entire story. But also thinking that even if I do know the whole entire story, everybody else, everybody handles life differently and everybody handles situations differently. So I really liked it. The reason why I gave it a seven out of 10 is because I felt like there were some types of Um, storylines that were not tied up so we don't find out what happened to Blake who was Keith's brother that was ending up that was like or no 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 I'm sorry we didn't find out what happened to 
Keith's brother mm-hmm. and his baby mom. Like, did they end up together? Did they? They did, are not together. <laughs> how I'm do you know? Th- how do you know, Janae? They could Shit. be. They could be living in Trailer Park Heaven right well, hopefully now. Hopefully, he didn't take her back. Well, we don't know that. We don't know what happened to Ruth and her little love interest. His name was Blake. Did they end up happily ever after? Did they at least date? Did they at least fuck? What happened? So. Also, we don't know what happened with Ruth and Catherine. Like, we don't know if they ended up being on speaking terms. Did they end up, you know, figuring things out and communicating? Because, I mean, Ruth became Superwoman twice. Like, she became Superwoman in the very beginning of before the show. I mean, before the movie when she Just took like the fall for her, for her sister. sister. She became Superwoman in that specific aspect. But then she became Superwoman again when she ended up saving Catherine's adopted sister from being potentially killed by this psychopath Keith who held her hostage. So I really wanted to know like what happened in those little loose ends. But I guess they wanted us to make our own imagination and make our own determination of what the fuck happened. But it was a good movie. I would recommend it. I it was pretty it good. I guess, like I said, Sandy's in it. So yeah. honestly, I feel like that's one of the reasons I watched it. I don't ever really watch movies. Well, Sandra Bullock and Viola Davis are in true. it. So true. I'm a huge fan of both of them. And that's why I say that you should watch it. And I think that, you know, Viola Davis just does a really great job at being the wife mm-hmm. of a lawyer. She does. So yeah, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to review our next TV show that we've actually watched together. Hi, welcome, welcome, welcome back to Breaking It All the Way Down. I just had a seizure, and you guys just did not care. Welcome. Anyways, we are going to talk about the TV show that we've both watched. It's called Vice Principles, and it is on... HBO Max. Yes, and... uh, What do you rate this show, Dante? A 2 out of 10. He's crazy. I'm lying. I Uh, would say that it's like a 8.5, out of 10. It's just really good. And... The wonderful thing about this show is the same people that Janae was talking about in episode three for Righteous Righteous Gemstones, they are also in Vice Principles. So Vice Principles is the character of Danny McBride. And if you don't know who that is, that is the guy from Pineapple Express. He's Mm -hmm. also been in like a few other movies, but that's where I really remember him from. And Walton Goggins. His name is Lee Russell in the show, but he's also in Righteous Gemstones as well. But yes, it's about Vice Principals is literally about Vice two Principals. Vice Principals, yes. Yeah. Named Neil Gamby and Lee Russell, who are both trying to become the head principal since Principal Wells retired due to his wife getting cancer. And however, instead of choosing one of them, the superintendent chooses an outside principal whose name is Dr. Brown. And that's really the whole preface of season one. They're both pissed about it because <laughs> right. they, they essentially thought that they were... One both, of them was going to get the job. Absolutely. So when Dr. Brown came into the equation, they were like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and... <laughs> it's hilarious, honestly, because... It's super funny. Gamby, Neil Gamby, like, goes in, like, that next 
next day, like expecting to be the principal, like walks into the office and everything is like doing the announcements, the pledge of allegiance and all this other shit. And then like Dr. Brown walks in and she's like, oh, are you like, she's like, you're keeping my seat warm. Yeah. Nice and warm. Yes. (laughs) And uh, it's kind of like a mockumentary. So it kind of gives you like the office vibes, Mm -hmm. parks and recreation vibes, but it's not necessarily mockumentary. It's just funny. Let's just say that. So funny. So there is a situation where, or the first things that Dr. Brown makes the principals do, she makes Neil fire the admin. Her name is Miss Libby because basically she just wasn't carrying her weight or doing her job. And this is really kind of the the breaking point for Neil Gamby to hop on board with Lee because she was probably one of like Neil's favorites, one of the tenured people. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to have to do it. So he teams up with Neil. I mean, he teams up with Lee and they end up breaking into Dr. Brown's house <laughs> and they burn this bitch to the ground. They burn her house down, y'all. Completely burn it down. I mean, obviously, before that, they do a little bit of like ransacking. So they trashing take, it. They take stuff down. They like rip off the things walls, apart. Like yeah. tearing pictures. Yeah, it was real bad. But then Lee does what Lee typically does. He's kind of like the the loose cannon. For sure. He's the psychopath of the two. He takes it too far. Yeah. Oh, he absolutely took it too far in this situation. Because first, what Neil does is he takes like her family picture and he like steps through it. Like he, yeah. he rips it apart. And Lee's like, oh, that's what you're doing? Well, let me show you what I'm gonna motherfucking do. And he lights her curtains on fire and that just is the starting point of the whole entire house burning the fuck down. And it was really... At first, I was like, is this really happening right now? Just because it's a funny show, and but they have, like, these, I guess, serious moments, and that was, like, a serious moment. I was like, these motherfuckers burned this lady's house down. And not, mind you, Neil and Lee are white. Mrs. Brown or Dr. Brown is it's, a black woman. Yes, yeah, she is a black woman. And she's like a single mom of two boys. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's where I it kind of cut a little bit deep for me because I was like, oh my gosh, y'all didn't burn this black woman's house down. And, you know, one thing that I was also thinking about was like, what the fuck do vice principals do? Because... In my high school, I felt like I knew my vice principals for doing, like, suspensions. And they were the ones that kind of broke up fights, if you will. But aside from that, I don't know what they did. But I also never really got to talk to my principal in high school. That's kind of a good thing, I guess. Yeah, it's a very good thing. But yeah, no, I feel like I was more... I saw more of our vice principal than our actual principal. Yeah, like, I, I... now that I think about it, what the fuck did principals do? They're like the high, they're like the top notch bitch. But what do they, they give do? Out, they give out orders, pretty much. Like do I work for a school, I very rarely see our actual principal, but our vice principal, I talk to her like every day. Oh. Yeah. Okay. We only go to like our principal if something's really wrong. I'm gonna go to the vice principal first. So they're like an assistant? Almost like, yeah. Manager? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay, so as we continue through Vice Principals, the show, there is 
just really season one is about them taking down Dr. Brown. Like yes. they have to take her down. They, sabotage her. They're completely qualified. They deserve the principal position. So the entire season one is them figuring out how they can get Dr. Brown out of her principalness of being a bad bitch and one of them becoming the principal. And Russell and Neil, they end up helping vandalize their own high school with the rival high school. So every single high school has a rival high school. This one's was Percival and they make it look like the rival high school also hated Dr. Brown and they visit when Neil Lee and Dr. Brown visit the Mm -hmm. rival principal her name is like Mrs. Cavanaugh she informs Dr. Brown that you know the two vice principals that she has on staff are coming for her job and if she doesn't realize that now she should realize that immediately right and Lee gets desperate that North Jackson will beat Percival. That's the high school that they represent as North Jackson. Mm-hmm. And he puts liquid LSD in the Gatorade at the football game. And Neil tries to be essentially the the savior, the Superman, right. if you will. Like catches it all. And they send, they end up arguing with the Gatorade. And as you can only guess, they end up spilling the jug of laced Gatorade on each other. (laughs) So they have all this LSD going through their system and they kind of lose their shit. Um, Mrs. Snodgrass is like the love interest. She's... What were you going to say? No, go ahead. Keep going. And she starts dating like the history teacher. His name is Bill Hayden, but they go on a break after she teaches Neil how to ride dirt bikes in order to impress his daughter, Janelle. (laughs) And the fucking grass, you guys, like on a field, like they're on a fucking like baseball field or some shit like that. Yeah. And the funny part about that is so they go to this racetrack where you, I guess, I don't know white people things like race your dirt bikes and neil is trying to impress you know everyone that's there his daughter mrs snodgrass his ex-wife and her new husband ray and he ends up running the dirt bike into like a utility shed (laughs) and that shit was the funniest thing i've ever seen like the dirt bike was sideways inside the utility shed. But this becomes like the rise of Neil and Mrs. Snodgrass's like relationship, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cute. Um, what else? Mm-mm-mm. Let me look. Let's see. So after that whole dirt bike thing, I feel like the whole episode or the whole season, he's trying to like rebuild a relationship with his daughter, which I think is just hilarious because he's kind of awkward about it. Yeah. And his ex-wife, she's already like with this new guy. He's so like cool and hip and everything. So she just thinks like he's just the world. So he always tries. Yeah. And so he always just tries to like up and one up like, you know, his new, I mean, his essential new, you know, child's new stepdad. Yeah is hilarious to me yeah. he always tries, just tries to prove himself yeah he absolutely tries to be like the cool dad or the dad of choice since technically janelle that's her name she has two dads there's even you know so he in the very beginning of the season one he has janelle in horse riding classes but he 
can't afford it because he is only making vice president, I mean, vice principal salary. Money, right. And the the lessons are like $900 or whatever, but he's back on those. Like, he owes money to the horse riding company. And that's where she kind of realizes that she likes dirt bikes and it's a little bit more fun and it's kind of up her alley. And so... After Neil throws his dirt bike into the shed, there's another episode where Janelle actually gets hurt on the dirt bike. Like, she Mm -hmm. gets really injured and she has to go to the hospital. And this is, like, a perfect opportunity for Neil to finagle his way into getting Janelle to go back to horse riding because it's more safer. Yeah, than dirt biking. Than dirt biking. But she ultimately ends up still going back to dirt bikes and being the bad bitch that she is. Yeah. Um, but essentially, like, Lee and, Lee and, um, help me. Russell. Lee Russell. Lee and, oh, Neil. Neil. I'm yeah. like, no, that's, that's still <laughs> Lee Russell. Lee and Neil, they essentially, like I said, are just trying to get rid of Dr. Brown, yeah. the principal. And so, like, one of the things they do is they, like, fuck up the book shipment. <laughs> oh, my like, gosh. Yes. <laughs> so, there's, like, this book shipment, and they they basically pin it on one of the all other teachers that's, like, in like responsible for the mm-hmm. books. And she ends up going to some type of... I don't know, school court. I guess that's the best way to explain it. Yeah, honestly. About all these missing books. books. There was like thousands of books that were reportedly missing. missing. And she drags this teacher through the mud, just basically calls her a loose cannon, a bitch that can't keep books under control. And Lee yeah. Russell is with her during this whole court appearance, but then he finagles his way into giving a piece of paper to the superintendent it's like a board of superintendents that are at this court and the paper says that all the books have been accounted for Mm -hmm. but it's after the fact that dr brown like drug this teacher's name through the mud so she was super duper embarrassed about right the the whole goal was to make dr brown look Look bad, bad and they absolutely succeeded in that moment then there's also a moment of like lee well i was going to talk about the part where it was one of like the teacher days oh where there's no kids allowed yeah, and i never bitch i never understood why that happened listen what? i work for a school we need our goddamn teacher days what do you we guys should have do? them at least once a month what okay i'm gonna start do, a fucking petition because these kids are bad as hell these days we can't prep for shit you guys but what do you guys do on teacher day we prep dante like get lesson plans together change out bulletin boards clean sanitize have a fucking meeting for ourselves without the kids like yeah but y'all- i live for teacher days but what do y'all do? I just told you, Dante. We <laughs> <laughs> do our job, okay? It sounds okay? like y'all do that, or you take that day to do absolutely nothing. No, we do a lot on our teacher days. But you couldn't tell me what you guys did. I just told you. Oh, excuse him, y'all. He doesn't understand. All my teachers out there, educators, y'all understand. We ain't got no prep time. It sounds like y'all have plenty of prep time. I have none. Janae, you also got, don't you guys send them to like be on naps or whatever? What about during recess? Okay, listen, recess is not all for every single classroom at the exact same time. They go at different times. Okay, but if you're... And then we don't have nap time for two classrooms. So we have two non-napping rooms. Y'all, I didn't touch the nerve on this one. (laughs) Anyways, so they have a teacher day. 
And one of the t- the kids shows up and Lee Russell, the loose cannon, he basically kicks him out and he's like, go get out. You need to you need to leave. This is teacher day. We have no kids. Blase, blase, blah. And I think that that is the same episode of the whole superintendent situation, because after that, Dr. Brown is like, I had a horrible day. And Lee is like, well, let me make you your favorite tea. Yeah. And fix it right up for you, honey. Lee Russell, a little thing that you need to know about him is when he says specialty, he does the same thing to his mother-in-law. So his mother-in-law is of Asian descent and she doesn't speak speak a lick of English. She screams at him in whatever language that or country that she's from. And as a way to cope with that, he spits in her tea every single time that he makes it for her. So when Dr. Brown has had a bad day and he obviously hates Dr. Brown, he's like, let me make your special tea. He is going to spit in it. So he's making this tea and then he plans to spit on it. And as he's doing that, Dr. Brown walks in on him doing it and he doesn't know how to recover. But then, I mean, honestly, how would you recover from that? If you are spitting in someone's drink, what can you say? We're fighting. Dead ass. We're fighting. So, after that, she kind of cools off and she's like, I absolutely can't fuck with Lee Russell because he does not have my best interest and he's plotting behind my back. Mm-hmm. So the following day, um, I want to say it's still, maybe it's still teacher day because there's also no kids, right? Because that's when her kids come. Yeah. So, so she has nobody to watch her kids. Right. So her kids come. So it's still teacher day. Maybe it's too day teacher day i don't i can't relate because i'm not a teacher and i don't think there should be a teacher day but janae's giving me the absolute dirtiest look right now so anyways (laughs) second day of teacher day her kids come dr brown's kids come to school with her because she doesn't have anybody to look after her kids because you know she has no fucking house and she's like you know what lee you're gonna help today and what you're gonna help me do is you are going to watch my kids and she or he does not like it absolutely whatsoever. But during that um, babysit moment that Lee Russell has to do, Neil Ganby is patrolling and watching the school and making sure everything is under control. Mm-hmm. And he ends up finding this guy trying to steal snacks out of the snack machine. And it ends up being Dr. Brown's ex-husband, husband, whatever you want to call it. His name is Dacious. And... That's how, I guess, Dr. Brown and Dacious end up rekindling. They argue a little bit, but at the end of the day, they end up making up. And they're like, let's go get our kids. Let's go be a happy family in this wonderful, beautiful, black little household that we have. Mm -hmm. And as they're on their way back, that's when Lee and... Lee, I mean, Lee and Dr. Brown's kids are doing drugs, but then they understand that they're on their way back to the office. And Dr. Brown's only rule to Lee was, you better take care of my kids. You better not let them leave this office. If you do, I'm going to fire you. So they're freaking out. They're trying to run back to the (laughs) The office, office. but she ends up doing it. Like, I mean, she ends up identifying, discovering that Lee took care of her kids that entire day. So that was the end of that. Um, I'm trying to, oh, but this is kind of like the introduction of how Dacious 
ends up bamboozling her and tricking her to get her kids back to Tennessee. That's like where they're from. Philadelphia. Sure, that one. So Dacious is like, you're not really doing anything here. You don't have really any type of like, I guess, support, Mm -hmm. any type of strongness for our kids. So I'm going to take them back. And she agrees to it, but she ends up kind of losing her shit. And one thing about Dr. Brown that she admits to previously, like one of the episodes is that she's a recovering alcoholic. And Lee Russell absolutely capitalizes on that in this moment. He's like, oh, okay. Yes. So that's her weakness. He ends up getting, I don't remember if it was her or if it was Neil that end up going drinking with her. I think it's Neil, right? Because he has the microphone or like the little camera on her yeah. or on him when they go drinking. Yeah. But I also thought Lee was there too. Yeah. But remember, so Lee and I mean, Neil and Dr. Brown, they go out drinking and he has the mm-hmm. camera on him and he ends up getting her drunk and she ends up like, Causing a ruckus in the bar, like she becomes she becomes nene in that situation. She becomes she takes it too far, like way too far. And that's when was it Gamby that was like egging her on though? No, at first he was like, "I'm gonna, I'm trying to get you home. Like I'm trying to get you taken care of." And he was like, "Lee, I need your help. Come, come to this location." And Lee is the one that's like, "Oh no, we need to completely keep her going. Like expose her and." He, Lee, ends up showing to up to the bar that Neil and Dr. Brown are at. And he takes the little camera and he's recording her doing like the absolute most unprofessional things that you should be doing as a principal. And he even eggs her on to getting on top of a police car and pissing all over it. And she, <laughs> I'm like, that's the part I remember. Like, girl, I was traumatized but that this is back to the whole where the show is funny but then they have like these serious moments when you're like oh my gosh is this really happening so she absolutely does all of that she ends up peeing all over the car and it's recorded by lee russell Mm -hmm. the craziest one and they take that information and they blackmail her yep they say if you don't quit we're going to send this to the superintendent and they're going to see all of the horrible things that you did and you're going to get fired. And she ends up quitting. Yep. She, and that's kind of the end of season one. They leave season one with after she quits, um, the day after she quits, they, and I, and by they, I mean Lee and Neil, they're super happy. They know that, the superintendent is going to make one of them principal, but he actually ends up making them both interim principal in that moment. <laughs> and as that announcement happens, Neil find or yeah, Neil finds out that his car is on fire outside. So he goes, goes to outside. check it out and mm-hmm. he's like, Who the fuck lit my car on fire? And so he's trying to put it out, or he's running towards it. And as he's running towards it, he turns around and someone shoots him twice. And again, I thought that this was a funny ass show. So I was like, maybe this is like fake. Maybe this is fake Yana. This is just a, a, a funny part that he's just imagining. But no, bitch, he got shot twice. And that's where season one ends. So season two comes and really the whole purpose and goal of finding out who was the killer or yeah, who, who was, was the shooter. Shot. Yeah. That's really all of season two. And it ends up being this crazy bitch she was also a teacher 
I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm trying to remember her name. I thought I had write it, wrote it down, but she ends up being the shooter. And the reason why she was the shooter is because she was in love with Neil Gamby and Neil Gamby wasn't giving her any type of date because he was in love with Mrs. Snodgrass, Miss mm-hmm. Thing. And she just didn't like that. She didn't like that he was giving Mrs. Snodgrass the time of day and not Neil, I mean, not her any type of day. I'm trying to remember her name, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. Miss Abbott, that's what her name was. Miss Abbott was the bitch that he wanted, or she wanted to be in love with Neil Gamby, but Neil Gamby was in love with Amanda Snodgrass. Yeah. And they really pinpoint, like, who, or they try to pinpoint, like, who the shooter is, but, like, they obviously point, like, fingers at different people. Yeah. And it's because she, that the shooter was wearing, like, a monkey mask. Yes. Mm -hmm. And at first, I mean, I even thought, I was like, it's fucking Lee Russell. Yeah. Lee Russell is the one that did it. He shot Neil Gamby, especially because in season two, you kind of see Lee Russell spiraling. Yeah. And you see him like making these horrible choices. Like there was an episode when he has a birthday party and he loses his shit. Like it was like an Asian thing, right? Yes, it was. And it just didn't go off the way that he wanted it to be. And he loses it. He absolutely loses it. His wife gets drunk and she embarrasses the fuck out of him. She airs out all All his dirty dirty. laundry. And yeah, that was really season two. Season two is just essentially the whole rise and fall of Lee Russell and Neil Gamby. Yes. But the the end of season two, they find or they kind of just tie it up really nice and tightly with Neil Gamby being a teacher at his daughter's old elementary school mm-hmm. and then Lee Russell. I don't remember what happened. Was he now. the teacher or was he a principal? Was he? I almost want to say like he was like high up, but like just at a different school, at an elementary school. Lee Russell? No, not no, Neil Gamby. Yeah. yeah. Neil Gamby was. He was the principal at his daughter's old oh, elementary school, okay. but I don't remember what happened to Lee Russell. Lee, I can't remember either. Not off the top of my head. Well, y'all, if y'all watch the show, (laughs) actually watch the show and then remind us what happens to Lee Russell. One thing that I really was kind of leaving empty about is Lee Russell was very metrosexual. Mm -hmm. And I kept telling Janae, I was like, he's gay. Janae, he's gay. Like, they're going to tell me that he's gay and... They did not tell me that he was gay. No, they didn't. But he he had a twang in his walk. He was very feminine in certain specific types of things. And I wanted him to be gay so bad. I wanted and the thing is too is why I thought he was gay is just some of the twang that he had. But then he ended up marrying his wife, whose yeah. name was Christine. But Christine was in love with this other guy. Yeah. And Lee told Christine that he was gay, like her mm-hmm. love interest was gay and that he was kissing all these men. And that's why Christine needed to marry Lee. But that was not the case. And she was like, well, I actually heard in high school that you were the gay one and that people always thought that you, you were, were gay. And he found a way to spin it on Christine's love interest. So mm-hmm. I was really hoping that they kind of we're gonna, like, opened that say. up for us. Yeah. But I also thought that there was going to be a season three, but there is not going to be a season three. You never know. 
But yeah, that was really the show and TV show. I mean, show and TV show. What the fuck, Dante? The movie and TV show that we had to review with you all and break all the way down. Mm -mm. Again, Vice Principals is on HBO Max, and it's a lovely show. It is. It's very funny. It actually has 83 Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know what the fuck that means, means but that's good. good. (laughs) Sure. Mm -hmm. I don't really look at that stuff. I don't look at... No? No. And I'll tell you why on our next episode, because the next episode is about a movie that all of y'all loved, and I absolutely fucking hated it, and it's on Netflix, but I hated it so much, and y'all ate that shit up, but me and the critics, we knew what the fuck was up. Mm -hmm. But again, I don't really watch or keep track of like what critics put because sometimes they rate things highly and it's absolute trash or vice versa it's absolutely the funniest movie in the world and the critics are like it wasn't funny enough the character wasn't apparent enough or they didn't showcase this person enough i'm like fuck you anyways now i'm rambling so i'm going to end this with saying please make sure to like subscribe and follow us on breaking it all the way down on instagram follow us or subscribe to us on breaking it all the way down on apple Podcasts or spotify whatever you like if you have suggestions dm us at breaking it all the way down on instagram or at breaking it all the way down at gmail.com send us everything anything we watch it all and With that being said, I will give you all no time back into your day. Thank you so much. And this is it. Bye. Bye.